Everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Horror You Know. This is Trent. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. And this is Austin. And we're going to talk about... Wait, what? Who, who the, who the who fuck, fuck is Austin? Austin? Who the hell are you? Austin? What did... Oh, you know what? I can explain. So what happened was, earlier, I went to Aldi's, right? Mm-hmm. And I was shopping for assorted amounts of cheese. And I saw Austin also reaching for the pepper jack at the same time. I love the pepper jack, man. And I, I was like, hey, man. Sorry, I, did I you thought want he that? was the cheese in the story. He, what, he was the cheese. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, you, you can have this. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then we just started talking about horror stuff. And I was just like, hey, I want to come on a podcast. And you want here to he is. Karate in the garage. <laughs> so, we just so become so best friends. I'll now be honest. just bringing in strays on the podcast. What the hell is going on? Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm a little, I'm a little out of sorts here because not only are we recording somewhere new mm. that we've never recorded before. Mm-hmm. We're in Ian's apartment by don't the way. Don't you mean the bat cave? The bat cave. <laughs> also, also known as, yeah. But we are also for the first time without our fearless leader means. Oh man. So it's a little weird. Yeah. Some big shoes. I don't like it. But <clears throat> I don't like the look of it. <laughs> <laughs> My god. <laughs> the show must go on as always. I'm sure he's out there enjoying his week off and He'll probably hopefully be back next week, but it's I think what not it was looking good. is like he said he had to go somewhere, but I bet if we drove to his house right now, he's sitting there like reading a book, probably in like a robe, yeah, and like some slippers, just smoking a corn cob sh- pipe. He did offer his shot glasses tonight, even though he's he not did. around to give he them did. to us mm. suspiciously. Mm. But we are glad to have Austin here, Austin buddy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Easy. Um, glad is a strong word. We're, we're okay with having Austin here. We're content hey, with having him. Hey, yeah. hey, he's it's no a, means, but you know, he's... Well, I figured like we had to get a fourth by any means. Uh, now I'm just thinking about means. <laughs> Killing the game. Uh, you know what will help you? Yeah. Shots of Old Smokey. Of oh. what? Old Smokey. Brought to you by... Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Well, hopefully hopefully Old Smokey well, one day. They're going to sponsor us. For the first time ever. See, Darren Means doesn't like pumpkin flavored things. So I figured. So you, fu- you broke it out the night I he's figured not here. Tonight you were like, thank God. I need to get this shit out of my fridge. <laughs> so so we're quick. trying Old Smokey's uh, what, what, pumpkin what? spice moonshine tonight. Real quick before we start, Austin, you've listened to the show before, right? We should have, have asked you that before yeah, starting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, you, Yep. You know we do the old smoky shots every time, right? I do. Okay, yes. so yep. is this like a big moment for you? Like you're actually a part of it? <sighs> Man, I've been dreaming of this day for years. And All right. <sighs> hey, man, so. you miss 100% of the shots you don't take in life. So Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this then. Old Smoky, nah, pumpkin right. something or other. Yep. It's pumpkin juice. Ground up I'm, pumpkin. I'm dripping over here. All over my Just. carpet. Cheers. Ooh. Oh man, it's not too bad. It's like a, it's kind of like a pumpkin pie, pie with yeah. whipped cream on it. Melted down Yankee candle. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> That's actually pretty good, I think. Whatever you had on the last show, I I liked. I don't remember what it was. <clears throat> no, that was, was that strawberry was... banana. No, it was banana pudding. Yeah, that was banana. We had pudding. banana pudding and we had strawberry <laughs> vanilla cream. Yeah. That's really like every car's gonna purposely hit that shit tonight. <laughs> Some means like kicks the door in. <laughs> you thought you'd have all that, man. I'm back. I'm Did back, you like baby. it? Yeah, it was good, man. It's really good. Got a good, got a good aftertaste. The old cream moonshine. It does have a milky like an <laughs> afterburn. Ian, why don't you oh, uh, go ahead and pour everybody around to you while Trent goes ahead and gets into his story? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let you all know what oh, we're telling me talking about tonight. tonight. Yeah, we're going to gather around the campfire. We're going to do an old fashioned. Throwback horror, you know, type episode. We're going to do a classic horror movie, a good old fashioned haunting, if you will. Mm. We haven't done one in a little My while. Oh, God, it's been a while. <laughs> haunting uh, slash possession. Wells, I don't know who had what. Could be. I don't know who's, who's was. A little where. bit. For those who don't already know, I'm a big fan of our haunting slash ghost stories whenever we cover them. And I feel like we hadn't done one in a while. So, like, I'm going to do a very well known one. And I say haunting slash ghost story. With a little bit of, take it with a grain of salt, 
because this is the very infamous, if you will, Amityville horror story. Mm. So we're going to get into it. We're it's all talk to mentally me, ill from Amityville. <laughs> I can't promise that'll be the last time I do that on this episode. I kind of figured it was going to happen <laughs> constantly. <laughs> twice. We, had, we had a little bet going side bet. Oh, <laughs> nice. Over under yeah. three times. <laughs> no. Hopefully I don't let both of you down. I got the over. Well, here's the thing. like Both of us, <clears throat> both of us are going to... We both bet on the same thing. <laughs> oh, okay. So we all win. <laughs> we all win when we listen to the horror, you know. That's right. There are no losers yeah. here. So yeah, let's. Uh, you guys want to talk about some Amityville? Let's talk about my favorite. The Amityville when, horror. When are we taking these shots? Are we wait a while? Oh, we're doing another shot already? We don't have shit. Yeah, I mean, delicious. You pour it again. Dad's not here tonight. Let's <laughs> fucking go wild, boys. Yeah, <laughs> we can kill this whole bottle tonight if we want. Party so in our, no, let's <laughs> party in the USA. So that's the beauty about like being at my my house. I can drink as much. Not that I didn't do this at Means' house. I was going to say, anyway. <laughs> but I can I can let the dogs out. No, keep those pants on, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you having pants <laughs> on tonight. So, for all of you who don't know, you guys know. Usually, when I'm in this apartment, I'm pantsless. Yeah, unfortunately, we do know that. Yeah, because I I, I, let, be I wish I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So so I mean you're getting a treat right now because I usually don't wear pants. Yeah. Mm. Those Levi's, those five hundred five. Austin, matters fact, uh, he was sitting in that very chair that you're in, pantsless before you got here. <laughs> but Nick, please, please God no. <laughs> so anyway, we'll get into the Amityville horror story here. Oh, do you have a story to tell? <laughs> I've got a story to tell. Here we go. So please, Amityville horror, based on a 1977 novel. Written by Jay Anson, spawned the 1979 movie, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit later, uh, starring James Brolin, Margot Kidder. They were the main two. I know there were some other people in it, but those are the main two. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I couldn't, I couldn't name another person. We may touch upon the 2005 Ryan Reynolds remake, although I'm not as I have not seen that one. That detective at the beginning of the 1979 movie, he looked very familiar, but I couldn't place <laughs> what his name is. We'll get our fact checkers on that immediately. Surprised you don't know who I'm talking about. And apparently, I, I did not the actor. Well, I know the character you're talking about, but I don't know his his actual name. But I know that one of the priests, not the main priest, but when they're when they're arguing, the two priests, uh, and the one that wants to help the family, and the one that doesn't, the one that doesn't. I've seen him in stuff. I don't remember. His we'll name. Uh, when we talk about the movie, we'll bring up the cast and we'll we'll give them shouts outs. Alrighty. But I didn't realize until I started looking up the research for this movie. Did you realize that there were like literally a ton of sequels and spinoffs related yeah. to Amityville? On Amazon Prime, I was like, holy That's shit, which one is it? There's like, I was on a I website, know. it might have been Wikipedia, it like, had all the Amityville movies, and I swear there was at least 20 or more movies. You're right. I was like, God dang. I called him last night, I called Ian last night, and I was like, man, You're like, like, which one do I watch? Like, which one do I watch? <laughs> yep. like, there's literally so many of them. I would have been a little clearer Murray about Hamilton, that. Had I, known. I know why he looked familiar. Murray Hamilton, the other the other priest, he was a uh, he was the mayor in Jaws. Mm. Mm. We've done an episode. Well, help on me Jaws. out. Is Wait a you texted us the other day which movie you actually put in Amityville Horror nineteen seventy nine. Hmm. You got to go with the original. It's more. It's closer to the book and the quote story. unquote true story. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the remake if you guys have seen it too. We'll we'll mention it, but. Anyway, so let's get into the story. The story focuses on the Lutz family, who in December of 1975 purchased a beautiful house at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York, which is a suburb along the southern shore of Long Island. So I've got a picture here of the house I'm going to show you guys. I know you've all seen it, but I'm still going to... He'll show us, and then he's such a good social media manager, he'll post it Pass it, it around the there, you Austin. You all know what the house looks like. Well, that's a real picture of the house, circa... 1970-something. It's in my south, man. I can kick it there. It's very cozy. Right along the ocean, there's like a... Although, this is creepy as shit. <laughs> no, I actually like that. The curb appeal. Landscaping. I'm talking, about like, I'm talking about, like, look at the little, like, children worshipping down here. Mm. That's not... Usually <laughs> yeah, look, look, look what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn right. Reminds me of what Eddie Murphy was talking about when he said, like, <clears throat> how you move into a house and it's all nice, got a nice big yard and nice chandeliers. And then the house is like, get out. He's like, too bad we can't stay. <laughs> nice house, nice chandelier, nice backyard. Get out. Too bad we can't stay. <laughs> so 
It's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom Dutch colonial home perched right along the canal. It has a swimming pool and a boathouse. The Lutz family purchased this home for only $80,000, which was drastically below the actual value for a home this size. So even back then, this is the 70s we're talking about. And actually, Austin, this is a good episode for you to be on because our friend Austin is a real estate agent. So this is all, we're like probably speaking his language a little bit. How much would you sell me a murder house for? Because I would live there. How much would a it Dutch? But, but but the difference is it doesn't become a murder house until you live in it. Well, <laughs> how much would a Dutch colonial five bedroom, three bathroom house be worth yeah. today? Be confused with the Dutch oven. Five, We're really putting you on the spot here. Five bedroom, three bath, man. You're probably looking at. So about three hundred thousand or something. Bro, We're talking seventy nine too. Seventy nine. Did you do you think eighty and seventy nine compares to three hundred now? No, this was a big. This was a huge deal they got in the house. I don't know what <laughs> it was prob- actually. They, it was at. probably like forty or fifty thousand dollars off of like fair market value at the time. In the movie, was. I think they said. I don't know if this was real, but in the movie, I think they mentioned it being around a hundred, hundred twenty thousand dollars, and they got it for eighty. Yeah. So How that's much probably would you take my guess. Three hundred thousand dollar price tag if there was a whole family murdered in that oh, house. Man, I wouldn't disclose it. I wouldn't. <laughs> wow. That's no. Austin. So, so we're going to get into that so, in a second. So hold hold that thought because we're going to get into that in a second. We're going to talk about that. But regardless, they got a good deal on the house. Is the point eighty thousand cheap now? Very cheap back then, especially for a house that size. And not, you all just saw the picture. It was a pretty huge house. So eighty thousand though might as well be eight hundred thousand. A lot of room for activities. So much paranormal space for activities. <laughs> paranormal. Before we go too far into the Lutz story, though, we have to rewind back to nineteen seventy four because the reason that house was so cheap, you all know, was because a horrible mass murder had been committed there. 13 months before the Lutz family bought the house, the DeFeo? Is that how you say it? DeFeo, DeFeo yeah. Okay. DeFeo. The DeFeo family lived there. Willem Defoe, is that who you <laughs> The Defoe family lived there. It just sounded right. <laughs> you switch that E and that O, and it's the same. It's the same. I have an urge to murder. Harry. 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 I don't know that reference. Don't tell Harry. So on November 13th, I'm I need to bring... somewhat of a murderer myself. <laughs> I know I need to bring it down a little bit because this is like the worst part of the whole story. On November 13th, 1974, in the middle of the night, 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr. murdered his entire family. He went through each bedroom of the house using a 35 caliber rifle, shot his mother and father, his two brothers, and his two sisters all uh, in their sleep. It supposedly took him 15 minutes from start to finish to go through the house and murder all six of them. Why he was able to get through the entire house in 15 minutes blasting a gun without anyone waking, waking up. up or resisting him or putting up some kind of a also, fight. can we just... I, I don't mean to sound insensitive. Too late. 15 <laughs> minutes is a long time, right? But I don't know how they got again, that figure. I'm not sure. If you wake I, up in the middle of the night in your house to gunshots, don't you think like there's a good chance you might freeze? Yeah, but but they were all murdered in their sleep. How do they know? As far as we know, they they could have just been laying in bed pretending to be asleep. That was kind of part of it. They were all found. (laughs) All six of them. One way or another, you're going to be. Just pause them in. No, like they were all. I mean, seriously, if there's somebody going around your house with a gun, you might just lay there and play sleep. Like, if I don't see nothing, maybe maybe they'll leave me alone. Well, there was kind of. You watch enough true crime, so I heard you should know. (laughs) I read some speculation that maybe. That would really backfire on you. I read some speculation that maybe there was a chance maybe he killed them somewhere else and put them in the beds to look because they were all found in their beds face down asleep. that would make more sense because i agree with what you guys are both saying like there's no way 15 minutes a gunshot in a house even even though that is a well i'd say a bigger house from that picture that house doesn't look that big is that a two-story house it wouldn't matter because all the bedrooms were on it the was, same floor right it had like the basement and then it had two stories and it had the attic so what is that Austin, speak to us in real estate terms. Austin. What considers is a basement considered a story? Is an attic considered a story? Like if you sell a three-story house. So if if it's a finished space, then yeah, technically, like if it's a finished attic, it would be considered like a they don't, they don't floor. They don't count the basement though, right? If it's for I me, mean, it's finished. It's a you know, it counts as a living space. But I don't know. Um, okay, I'm not sure if that was. I'm not so sure. I would maybe even say a four-story house because it definitely had a basement, and then the attic looked finished to me. I mean, I know it was a movie, but. 
There was like when beds you, up when there. When you say finished, you mean finished like set up like for like living? <laughs> yeah, I mean like yeah, drywall, floor coverings, um, that kind of thing. Like it's not just like concrete and like mechanicals, like a lot of basements, you know. Okay, gotcha. And gotcha. then we gotta think like a lot of the victims. I mean, other than the wife, they were all children, right? Yeah, I didn't write down the ages. I think they were all they were all younger than him. He was twenty three. I remember that. So I think they were probably anywhere from teens to single digit age, yeah. uh, nine, ten, maybe somewhere in there, or eight or nine. And the emotive, um, what do most children like typically want to do when they're scared in bed? It's sad, no matter how you slice it. It's it I sucks to think about. Sheets, personally, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, not now. That'd just be weird. <laughs> Terrible idea. We don't know that. <laughs> or I mean, you hear a loud noise. Like the you hear a loud noise. You woke up from your sleep. You don't know what it is. It could be any sort of racket. And then by the time you even think about what it could be, he's already in your room, kind of thing, too. Nope. So. I'm tying the bed sheets together, and I'm already scaling down the side of the house. I mean, I'm in the bathtub. But <laughs> you're right. I'm scared of heights. I'm hiding under the bed. <laughs> Tornado. Um, <laughs> Tornado drill. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. But anyway, all, all six victims were found face down in their beds. Even neighbors claimed, even though it was the middle of the night, no one heard gun blasts. They only heard the dog barking. So the neighbors didn't hear anything either. So that's a little... Wait, what? <laughs> that's what it said. So that's either he odd. timed it or... <laughs> but how close were these neighbors? Because in the movie, it seems like the house is like pretty like isolated. isolated. Yeah, <clears throat> that's one kind of discrepancy in the movie. the The houses actually has pretty close neighbors. Mm. I don't remember exactly how far, but like it was a pretty like you know, it wasn't isolated like the movie makes. My old it neighbors, is. Irma and so. Wilfred, or something. Yeah, yeah who yeah. knows? It's the middle of the night. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? But honey, did you hear that? Nah, that same. Was, he it was me living next door. I can hear shit. That same night after the murders, DeFeo Jr. wound up at a local bar where he was hysterically calling for help, claiming someone had murdered his family. When interrogated by police, he eventually confessed, claiming, "Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast." No one ever really learned why he did it, and his story changed many times over the years. Actually, I think he, when he first confessed, to, yes. He went. He, I'm sorry. You said he went to the bar. He went to a bar. Oh, whiskey sour. Somebody <laughs> murdered my family. He <laughs> first told people that a mob hitman killed his family. That was his first story, and then he eventually confessed and said he did it. Also, I'm in pajamas. I don't have any money, but thank you for the whiskey he, sour. He could have came up with a better story than that. Yeah, well, like, one of his other stories at some point, he also claimed that. Uh, what where is that? I lost my place. Hold on. One story, he claimed he heard demonic voices urging him to kill. So there's where Ian's possession theory maybe comes into play a little bit. We yeah. could talk about that more in a little bit. Facts. His lawyers attempted to claim insanity, but that failed as DeFeo Jr. would go on to be convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to six different sentences of 25 years to life. And he actually just recently passed away in prison back in March of 2021. So a couple of years ago, he ended up dying hmm. after a long stay in prison. Deservedly so. So, yeah. You guys want to take a shot before I get into the Lutz's <clears throat> side of the story here? Oh, hell yeah. I do want to take the shot. And I also wanted to ask if you all heard about the uh, case in North Carolina last week that was very similar to this. A father killed his whole family, four children, and his wife, I do believe. I have not. That's awful. Yeah, it is. What'd you say? It's awful. Um, <laughs> what'd you think he said? That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Fucking excuse me? Did not let the record show. <laughs> I said <laughs> it was awful. Edit, edit that. Oh my oh. God. Trent is better. How drunk are you? Both. All right, like, let's do this, Trent. It's, it's so shaggy in here. All right, so let's do this other unheard of second shot on the show. No, I'm just kidding. Let's of what? Unheard of. This is impressive. Speak for yourself. A fun. second shot of. Oh, Smokey. We're really sucking up now. We just want their sponsorship. Yeah, we do. We'll do whatever it takes. You hear that, old Smokey? We're up to two shots an episode mm-hmm. now. The second shot was better. And it was, really. It really was smooth. I, I was, mm. So that's... Mama. Means you're <laughs> so missing out like, on this yeah, awesome even, pumpkin Even for being kind of warm, that's not bad. It's really good. <clears throat> so that's all I wrote on the DeFeo side of things. I know there's more to it. There's more to like his trial and stuff. And that in and of, in and of itself is a really tragic part of the story. Um so if you want to know more about that, look it up. Because we're going to talk about the Lutz's side of the story now. Because here's where it kind of gets to the meat of the story, I feel like. So, you mean, wait, can I touch on the DeFeo Don't touch side me. Can no. I touch you? Don't no, touch, go ahead. Don't touch anything. Keep so, your hands to yourself, please. Before hearing the Lutz's side of this, I would call this story bullshit. I would call horseshit on this story. 
We call horseshit on the murderers because that actually happened. No, no, no. The story, oh. like his his reasoning. Like they were literally not breathing. His reasoning of like it oh DeFeo's reason. Yeah, DeFeo's reason. Oh, he was or possession. Now, if he would have started, I think with he possession, was crazy. Um, I'm not saying I necessarily would have believed it, but I would have taken it more seriously. You know what I mean? See, I disagree. But if you, why do you? But why you believe the mob more? So if you're DeFeo and you literally had like some, like possessions, like telling you to mm. do that. Do you think like the general public is going to believe that? No, you're going to come try to come up with something more believable than okay, that. Okay, now well, I they tried insanity. They tried insanity. I was going to say show. I agree with you on that, but 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 it kind of discredits it when he tells three stories before that and then goes to all right. You know what? The demons. Okay, it was the demons. That is that is true. But if you would have led with demons and stuck with demons the whole way, but I don't think he thought like demons. I don't <laughs> think he thought like everyone else would believe him. So that's I, uh, that's I, fair. I think it was just like a last dish, like you know. And then at the end, he was like, you know, I'll you tell know the truth. Fuck it, okay. <laughs> Fuck it. It was demons. Okay. <laughs> it was demons. I mean, for all we know, me. like demonic possession is just—it should really be considered like a form of mental health crisis. Yeah. For, that's for all we know. That's what it is. Does anyone know? Did he have like any kind of like record or history of like any kind of mental health before this? Or I didn't dig too deep into him just because I was focused more on the story from the movie. Um, so. I don't have an answer for you there. I kind of try to look. I, I didn't see anything that was like, you know. Well, when we look at him, I mean, you got to have some kind of mental health crisis going on to be able to murder your whole family. That's my thing. I mean, again, they, they did try the definity or definity, the insanity defense in his trial and failed. But I mean, because like, if a demon was telling me to murder my family and be like, if he was like kept on like telling me and telling me, like, eh, I don't know about yeah. <laughs> trying to negotiate you, a little bit. Like, how about this? <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. What about just like you don't tell me what to do? What about just like shoot the shoot the alley cat or something? Just run over a squirrel or something. <laughs> nah, I do like squirrel. squirrels now. Get that. Yeah, squirrels are good. What if it's a possum? If you if you shoot an alley cat, you got to take it to Pet Cemetery, don't you know? My <laughs> What is a Ute? Strike <laughs> down that road over there. <laughs> Same actor. Maybe sorry. one day we could do like a true crime episode on the DeFeo murders and get a little more in depth. Oh, is that not what we're doing here? <laughs> no, we're talking about the Amityville horror. Oh, which is the house? Get with the program, brother. Talking about the house. Oh, this mm-hmm. episode is called the Amityville Horror. Horror. Oh, yeah. I have been sadly <laughs> mistaken. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. So go let's go get ahead. back to the house then. Easy one. For 13 months, the house sat empty until newlyweds George and Kathy Lutz purchased the home. The realtor made them aware of the murders committed at the home, Good and after her. discussion, they decided it wasn't a problem. There was so, so with that being said, is that a thing? Were you going to ask him that? I yeah, real quick, Austin. Yes or no? Do do realtors have to disclose murders and or crimes in, in the, the state house? of Indiana, or is it only like if asked? <sighs> so as far as I know, I know if someone dies in the house, you do not have to disclose it. If they ask and you have knowledge of that, then you have to disclose. But I don't, you don't have to like market it as like, you know, hey, someone died here. But like, if someone asks you and you have the knowledge of it, then you have to like, you can't lie. Murder house here. <laughs> well, I would <laughs> extra, think this extra, would be a pretty big extra, story extra and the people buying the house would surely have already had some sort of idea of, yeah. the, of what happened here. So that I'm sure they probably definitely asked and then they were made aware, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was a big enough deal in crime where like, you would definitely make people aware of it. Like, because like, that's just, I've been, what are you being, obligated to? So say Trent and I are going to buy this house together, right? Our forever home. Newlyweds. Okay. Chuck and him, months Larry, before that, Wells murdered a family of six. Okay. Believable. Do you have, you have to tell us though? You would, he wouldn't be thing? able to tell you because he wouldn't know. Nobody would know. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Get away. Oh my God. About to, look at those eyes though. <laughs> I know, right? He's about to add two more to the catalog. But no, yeah. just like if we went to buy a house together, you have to tell us up front, like, oh, hey, by the way, just so you know, there was a murder here, or you have to advertise it, or do you just have to mention it word of mouth in person? I think I would ask just to be safe to, every time. Anybody yeah. murdered here? Yeah, to my to my knowledge, like that's not something that's like mentioned on like the seller's disclosure. Um, so I mean, yeah, you I don't believe you would have to like, you know, say like or advertise. If someone asked you and you knew about it, but I don't think it's something you'd have to like. So you put don't out have there. to tell them up front, but if I asked you yeah. is yeah. anybody murdered here? So they, they decided it wasn't a problem. You know, they knew about the murders. They they moved in anyway. There was actually even a lot of furniture left over from the DeFeos that had still been sitting there the entire time. And that was included into the purchase uh, for $400. So not only did they buy the house, they bought a lot of the furniture that was there 
with it. Please tell me it wasn't the beds. I don't <laughs> no. know for sure, but... Yeah, I'd be good on the furniture. Nah, Y'all yeah, 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 be missing out of that shit. So George and Kathy, and Kathy's three children, she had three children from another marriage, and the dog Harry, yes, his name was actually Harry, Oh, all moved into the house. So, fellas, we're going to ask the million dollar question here. Would you guys buy a house and live in it knowing that someone had been murdered there? Not even like multiple people like in this scenario. Even one person. If you knew someone was brutally murdered in a home, would you buy it and live in it? (laughs) You know where I was going to go with that. Every day for a month. Every day for a month. You couldn't get away from it? So what you're saying, what what do you consider brutally murdered? I'll drop the brutally. Murder. <laughs> you can't just throw that word in there. You can't just say brutally. Like um, I joke there that we're not privy to. Uh, it's from another podcast, actually. Um, I'll ask it again. The answer, the answer for me is yes, I could. Seriously? Thanks, man. This reminds me of the time you tried to put that stick on my hand, you knocked the glass <laughs> out of my hand. You seriously yeah. could? Yeah. You awesome. wouldn't, babe? Not only would I, it would actually add value to me. <laughs> I'm not no, talking I'm about playing. buying it and like turning around and making some profit off it, flipping it, so, doing whatever. I'm talking about living in so it. So as a real estate investor, I could. I could. Well, so, I think I'd have to be a real estate investor to do yeah, that. You do know my answer because I definitely would live in that house. Wait, are you getting a discount or is it like fair market value? Yeah, you're talking I'm saying about, even if you got a good discount like the Lutz has got on it. If I if I oh, get a if good I'm discount. Getting, if, if I'm if I'm getting a huge discount off of it, then that's even more reason for me to buy it because it's cheaper. Especially like if it's a really nice home and it's below market value and I'm getting it for what, forty grand cheaper at least? Maybe. Yeah. Give or take. You all surprise me. Wells doesn't, but thank you. Because my answer is hell no. Let somebody on this podcast knows me. But that's but that's like so you believe in ghosts. I'm not even talking about ghosts. I'm talking about knowing (laughs) a horrible murder happened in these walls that I have to like call my home now and live in and sleep in and yeah, like Mr. Uh, Houses don't have memories. Mm-hmm. Trent, you're taking a huge risk being in this apartment right now because you don't know what happens on the other side of that wall. Well, that's different. What I don't know won't hurt me. But if I know, yeah. what if I told you? Sometimes well, I don't you, live yeah, here. Sometimes so. he plays with his action figures pantless. That's right. I couldn't do it. I'm being 100% honest. Play I respect you guys that you can, but I could not live in a house knowing that a horrible crime like can, that happened. I'm pretty sure you ask, already do. And can I... If I do and I don't know it, that's one thing. But you, if I knew it, if I you found do it. out though, would you move out? Yeah. Mm. What if you already lived there? Let's see, that's trickier. I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know, because it's harder to get out of a. Well, no, I have a question for you. Why couldn't you live in it? Why? Like, I know what you just said. Like, because of the the thought. But why does that thought deter you from living in somewhere if you get it at a, a really big discount? Because, like, are you going to be like eating Cheerios on the couch? Be like, oh fuck, Gertrude was murdered on this. <laughs> I just don't know that I could ever, like, be at peace or be comfortable there. (laughs) No, her name was Gertrude. Sorry. Like, I would always be thinking about these people, like, their last moments or just how brutal the crime was or whatever. Like, I could never, like... I know you pretty well to know that you don't give a fuck about (laughs) nobody. Is it the murder thing? What if you knew for a fact someone, like, dropped dead in the living room from a heart attack? Now, listen. Now, listen. Now, listen. Are you... No, because that's different. That's not murder. Why is that different? Because everyone dies, not everyone dies in, in their brutal. house. We all know that spirits are different depending on how they die. If you but die also, in anger, listen, but that's to say that you believe in that stuff. But he here's he doesn't necessarily believe. Here's part of it too that we're kind of not mentioning. This was literally a year before. If you're talking like 50 years before, okay, maybe that's a little bit different. Oh, you think murder expires? The ghost world. <laughs> you think that they were like, you know what? Fuck this shit. It's time to cross over. I'm not even talking about ghosts yet. I'm just talking about knowing someone got. I was going to say, you think the blood is faded by then? I just, I don't know. I couldn't do it. We all know from Halloween ends that blood sucks into the wood, Trent. Everybody does. <laughs> it's there forever. It's true. Actually, I didn't. So, <laughs> on a serious note, like, I really do get and respect what you're saying. I just don't understand why it would bother you so much. Uh, I mean, okay, granted, like, if you're talking like three days after, okay, I'll give you that. But, like, it doesn't affect you, right? Other than just mentally, you're talking about mentally, though, right? Mentally, yeah. 
You could meet Cheerios in a murder house. I couldn't. Everyone's got a price though. It How much of a discount will we Blueberry. Well, that's why I, that's why I made the specification to live there. Like I'm not saying you couldn't buy the house and do something with it. Rent it out for all I care and flip it, make some money off of it if you want. But I don't think I could. Okay, live there. would you risk buying a house and trying to flip it knowing it was a murder house though? Well, I guess I would try, sure. But you would tell somebody, right, that it was a murder house. Yeah. What if you lost your money out of it? Would you move it into then? Oh, someone would buy it eventually. I was going to say, I think there's you enough like it. nuts out there <laughs> in the world who would actually it. want to buy that house buy right from here. you. Yeah, I think I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, that was a good uh, that was a good case study of you guys. I appreciate you that. that. I want to hear from our I want to hear from our listeners. <laughs> Kill me. Respond to this. Comment on something. If you were house shopping, and there was a house that you were into that had a really good price, but there was a really, really awful crime slash murder that happened there. Would you live in it? Would you buy it? So anyway, all right. So I'm three to one here. You all would do it. I wouldn't. Good to know. I want to hear what everyone else thinks. If you're listening, let us know if you would buy a house like that. So anyway. Would your wife do it, you think? I don't know. Because if so, you might not have much of a choice. I, I like would. I can divorce her. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, right, babe. Edit, edit that out. <laughs> she don't listen to this podcast. So oh, gonna, I'll ask her. I'll report what if this back. This is the first one awesome. she listened to, though. She's not listening. You know what? I'm going to put it in the buds. I'm going to soak in the tub. I'm going to listen to my baby tonight. <laughs> so, knowing the history of the house, the Lutzes decide to have a Catholic priest come and bless the house. The movie and the book both uh, give him different names. I think he wanted to change it for privacy reasons. But the real priest was named Father Ralph Pe- Pecoraro. Pecoraro. Can you spell it? Perfect. P-E-C-O-R-A-R-O. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Origin. Pecoraro? Greek. Origin. Is it Pecoraro, maybe? Pe- it's like Pecoraro. Pecoraro. I don't know. Father Ralph. Let's call him Ralph. Father Ralph. That works. He arrived That's the day. He arrived the day of the move-in while George and Kathy were unpacking. He went into the house to perform the rites. Supposedly, after throwing the first splash of holy water... He heard a loud, masculine voice commanding him to get out. Get out. Too bad we can't stay. Literally like the Eddie Murphy joke, yes. <laughs> and apparently he was also slapped by an invisible force. <laughs> oh, so it's okay when it happens in this story, but not when it happens in other stories, like in American Haunting. Did we say it was okay? It... <laughs> I don't think it's okay. No, it's not necessarily okay, but that was like, it was cheaply done in that movie. Poor little girl. Was he slapped in this movie, though? I don't think he was, was he? No. Excuse me. He did some slapping. He did the slapping. Mm-hmm. Which kind of pissed me off. Why? He told the Lutzes to... Just... <laughs> That's not true. She didn't. You don't talk about Margot Kidder like that. To my lowest? Mm-hmm. Domestic abuse to not Lois Lane. He, uh, he told the Lutzes to never go into that particular bedroom that he was in performing the rites. After his visit, he allegedly developed a fever and blisters on his hands that resembled a stigmata. So this is all just like the movie so far. He didn't know, but back then that was actually just hand herpes that he had on. Oh, my God. Just yeah. hand herpes. Yeah. Hand herpes. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> oh, oh, it's going around. Be careful, guys. <laughs> you got to watch these shake hands with these days. Can't fucking high five me, you fucking mutant. <laughs> so some other haunted house tropes soon followed. Here's a list of some of the supernatural phenomena the Lutz is alleged. I do a lot of air quotes in this episode. Allegedly. They alleged to have happened to them during their time in the house. Doors and windows opening and closing on their own. Classic. We just experienced that actually here. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Strange smells and parts of the house that were always cold. Despite it being December, the house was swarming with flies. Green slime oozing out of the walls. People levitating above their beds. This one's freaky. George would wake up every morning right around 3.15 a.m., which is the same time that the DeFeo family killings took place. That's a little creepy. If true, Kathy had repeated nightmares of the murders, which I feel like I would probably also have if I moved into a murder house. So I don't blame her there. She also repeatedly felt herself embraced by an invisible force. George and Kathy claimed to have seen the image of a demon with half of his head blown off. Hmm. Sightings of a demonic pig creature. A pig creature. (laughs) We need those pop filters so bad. Pop filters, yeah. A pig creature with red eyes giant cloven hoof prints in the snow outside the house hoof prints 
Please, God, no. Remember some of these for hearing a little bit. Uh, crucifix that they hung on the wall that slowly would turn upside down on its own. It's going to be a pop quiz. And George also claimed to have witnessed Kathy transform into a 90-year-old woman. So already, most of those are in the movie, (laughs) if you guys recall. Facts. So the book, or the movie basically takes from the book almost to a T, it sounds like. I've never read the book. I apologize if I'm bearing the lead again, but she said one of the things that happened were windows opening and closing on their own. Mm -hmm. So did one of the kids actually get their hand smashed in a window? Do you know if that's true? I didn't read that. I don't. I won't say it didn't happen, but I didn't read that. Okay. All of this happened within a month because the Lutzes only lasted 28 days in the house before they ended up moving out on January 14th of 1976. They moved out, left all their stuff behind. Word of the haunting eventually spread, which of course led to droves of ghost hunters and paranormal investigators descending upon the house, including... Ed and Lorraine! Dun, dun, dun. Warren. The Warrens were one of them or two of them. Yeah. Two of the <laughs> one, one of the couples. Two, yes. Thank you. <laughs> They're one unit. One unit. They're one. One heart. They visited the house in March one of nineteen seventy six. So just a couple months after the family moved out. And it was during their investigation that the crew captured the infamous Amityville Ghost Boy photo. Have you all seen this photo? Yeah. I'm gonna show it as them. well. Yeah. I'm gonna pass it around. And we'll share this on the socials as well. Look, Trent, I'm tired of going last. Oh, sorry, I should have passed it to you first. <laughs> that was a photo that was Not taken that by that's one of the crew dick. members. Yeah, man, that's a that's a creepy photo. I'll you that know is... I'll, I'll give it credit, but what do y'all think of it? I mean, yeah, man, you see the eyes. So the eyes. Did you slide to the? What, there's another one that's a little closer. If you slide, slide to his right, slide right, this way. swipe sli- right, if swipe I, right. If yeah. I swipe left, is there gonna be? There's going to be some Two steps stuff you don't want to see if you <laughs> swipe the other way. Wait. So which one was the original? So the ones, the first one you showed me was the original photo. I think so. That one, the second one is a little bit closer. Zoomed in a little bit. That's definitely a, that's definitely a person. Mm-hmm. Is it? <laughs> Man. What was that, Trent? That, look at that. <laughs> that it's definitely, like a little doubt that. it's definitely a person, but the question becomes. Is it one of their kids? How old was how old were the children? Could that have been one of the Well Yes, a lot of people so okay. So like everything ghost related, there's always gonna be the believers and the skeptics, okay? So the believers actually do theorize that that is one of the DeFeo children because one of his younger brothers, I believe John was his name. John DeFeo. Is that the name? Okay. You've got my phone in my notes, so I don't I'm going by memory <laughs> here. Uh yeah, a lot of a lot of the believers this seem kid's to think. Literally in his pajamas here. A ghost can be in his pajamas. A lot of details with that. That's the second yeah. picture has a picture of John right next to the kid. Do you yeah. see that? When I become a ghost, I hope I'm in my pajamas. This is actually a picture of me taking it at three a.m. to come out to grab a midnight snack. You just peek person. around your own apartment yes. and make sure. <laughs> so yeah, some people think that it could be John DeFeo, okay. one of the younger brothers. That was my killed. first question upon seeing this photo: Wait. is why do people think this is a ghost? Can I see which one you're looking? Which one you're looking? That's why so, the skeptics so, think that it was probably just one of the crew members that were there that night yeah. investigating. So the everybody house. thought just because all his eyes are glowing, he must be a demon. Well, the, yes, but it was an in, it was like an infrared camera, which is where the skeptics. But wouldn't think. his eyes? Wouldn't his eyes look like that in infrared? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This the. This, people that don't think it's real all think, well, it was just an infrared camera. I think that's it's why real. I just don't think it's a ghost. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't He's either. definitely a real boy. That's, that's, where you're but that's a pretty famous photo. <laughs> just not a real ghost. It's Pinocchio. Shrek? Oh. It's a horrible version of Pinocchio, but it's him nonetheless. Yeah, really so for those who are <laughs> no listening, promises. I am going to share this picture. But for those listening, the photo depicts the foot of a staircase with a small boy with white eyes peeking out from behind a doorway. Um, I already said the spe- the skeptic or the believers think it could be John DeFeo, one of the brothers murdered in the DeFeo family. Others think that it was probably just one of the investigators that were working with the Warrens. Both the Warrens as well as Hans Holger. Have you ever heard of him? He's also a famous parapsychologist. Anyone ever heard of him? I had not, Maybe. but he's apparently a famous parapsychologist who also investigated the house. They both suggest that malevolent spirits occupy the house. So take that and do with it as you will so okay so we're gonna put our we're gonna put our skeptic hats on here like any ghost or haunting story there's always that inclination to call bullshit i'm sure we're all there right now 
Yeah. We don't think this is bullcrap. Yeah. I think you're there. Uh, I think you were there before you even started telling us I'm this a, story. I mean, I did the research, so I definitely had an opinion coming well, in. I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I knew the story before. And yeah, it's a pretty I, famous story. Also thought it was kind of horseshit. Like I said, if you would have stuck with one topic. However, I think it does kind of like... No, I was going <laughs> to say like the Lutt story kind of backs up like the DeFeo thing, but at the same time, like... Well, let's get into some know. inconsistencies here because even though the original book by Jay Anson has in big bold letters a true story on the cover, people heavily debate its accuracy and think it's just a very fictionalized account of what actually happened. Here are some of the inconsistencies from the book. So, the book and the movie both feature a scene where the family calls the police after the front door is ripped open from the inside, mind you. Yep. And off its hinges. But records show there were actually no calls from the Lutzes to the police during the entire 28 days they lived there. Also, I do find it <clears> funny <throat> that in the movie, he's like, yeah, the basement door was blown open too from the inside. He's like, show me. And they go all the way into the basement around the corner. I'm like, what the doors up there? Right. <laughs> so I guess like I understand like from a detective's point of view, like of him going and checking the windows, but why did George take go down there? Why did George take him down that way? I know. I was just going to say, maybe just because George didn't believe him. Like, we got to go check these windows again because somebody had to be down there. One of them's got to be broke. Yeah, that one is definitely a big one. Here's a funny one. The cloven hooves I mentioned out in the snow outside the house. There hadn't been any snow during the time they lived in the house. Mm. No snowfall. <laughs> so It is kind of hard to have hooves in the snow if there's no yeah snow. red flag there uh there were a few different accounts of the priest's actual involvement one account claimed that he only contacted them over the telephone there was another account that said he did go to the house but he didn't experience anything so also, that's kind of up for debate i get that it was a different time in the 70s but who just walks in somebody's house like that <laughs> the walks. priest yeah he walked their entire house Anybody I mean, in there? Clearly not. I was wondering that too. I was like, did I miss something? Like, did they call him over in time just to come? They called him. him. They, they did call him, but also she was just like, I thought it was funny because uh, after uh, she called, and the other priest was like, oh yeah, he he went out there yesterday. She was like, no, we were here all day. No, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if in the real story, again, air quotes, if they were like, it said they were unpacking, so I don't know if they were like outside in the car unpacking, if they were in another room getting stuff out of boxes. I don't know, but yeah, he went in and I guess helped himself and started doing the holy water splashing and all that. But Holy water splashing. The rights, if you will. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, other families who owned the house after the Lutzes claim nothing weird has ever happened there. The family that owned it right after them the Cromarties, they purchased it in 1977. They refuted everything about the Lutz's story, and this is a quote from them. The quiet village of Amityville, Long Island, has been made infamous by a hoax. It will possibly never be the same. It is Long Island's equivalent to Watergate. None of us would be here today if a responsible publisher and author had not given credibility to two liars and allowed them the privilege of putting the word true on a book in which all actuality, it's just a novel. The credibility of the hoax stems... From using a charlatan Catholic priest who has been banned from performing religious duties by the diocese, which is the equivalent of a lawyer being disbarred. Oh, wow. The charlatan priest has been involved with a complicity to a lie and therefore deserves no credibility and should be dealt with accordingly. That is a quote from Shots the Camardis. Fired. No shit, man. <laughs> so but here's it's like, it's funny that everything that they all said that this family that lived there was just like, it's bullshit because, and then all those details. So it does kind of hurt their credibility. So how does the book come about? Here's the last little section notes I have here. We'll kind of get into that and then we'll talk about it. Um, the book was written after an editor at a publishing house introduced George and Kathy Lutz to Jay Anson, the author. The book is only based on conversations Anson had with the Lutzes. They did not actually work with him directly on the book. So most people believe, of course, they made all of this shit up just for financial gain. In fact, before meeting with Jay Anson, the Lutzes actually reached out to William Weber, who was the lawyer of Ronald DeFeo Jr., the murderer. He was trying to get a book written about DeFeo, and according to Weber, he, George, and Kathy made up the whole story to make money. He was quoted in an interview saying, I know this book is a hoax. We created this horror story over many bottles of wine. 
And that was in reference to a meeting they had uh, where they were discussing the outline for the book or what would go on to be the book. He said that the Lutz, he said that George Lutz was drunk and just creating ideas. And when asked if Weber believed Lutz, he said absolutely not because they were making a commercial venture. Whatever the case, the Lutz family reportedly made $300,000 from the book. Lutz eventually filed lawsuits against Weber as well as a slew of other writers and paranormal investigators and media types for misappropriation, invasion of privacy, and mental distress. All these cases would either be dropped or dismissed by the court. George Lutz continues, or well, continued, he's passed away since, but he continued to claim the events of the book were... From beyond the grave. He he claimed they were mostly true, in quotes. (laughs) Mostly true. He's saying mostly true now. True-ish. And in 1979, he and Kathy were both given polygraph tests, which were administered by a couple of top polygraph experts in the country, and they both passed the polygraph test, saying that they were not lying or being deceptive or whatever the results of a polygraph test would say. Man, we all know how easy it is to beat those things. So, yeah, they're not super Wait, conclusive. I've heard, but I, I don't know but, from experience, but I do agree from yeah. Yeah, you. Plus, as George Costanza once said, it's not a lie if you believe it's true. <laughs> So (laughs) wrapping up the notes here, then we'll get into all that. The house is still there just to kind of recap kind of today where we're at. The house is still there. It's been remodeled. Uh, It's had its address changed. I believe it's now listed as 108 Ocean Mm -hmm. Avenue. The iconic do that. You can just change the address. The, the, someone had made a deal with the city to change the address. I don't know how you do that to me. Um, they also had it kind of remodeled, the iconic quarter round windows, the ones that look like the evil eyes. They have been changed, and they now have just regular windows. I'll actually show you an updated version of the house here in a minute, too. Uh, it's changed owners a few times over the years. None of them, none of them, have claimed that anything weird or supernatural has ever happened. It was last sold in August of 2010 to a local resident for $950,000, so almost a million dollars it sold for at its latest Here's what it looks like now, if you guys are interested. Wow. You did it again. <laughs> of course I had it. I don't know. Personally, I like Austin the, is our guest. He I like, gets to look first, okay? I kind of like the okay, look of the I'll old murder house, personally. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I prefer the old windows. So, just to kind of... This does look nice, though. Just just to, I like the bushes up front. really tie the whole place together. <laughs> it really does. While you guys are looking at that, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Shrubbery. So the, the, the Lutzes met with not only the author to write this book, but they met with the lawyer of the guy that did the murdering. Now it just looks like a regular house. It makes me sick. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss, Wells. <laughs> so, so, so here's the thing, though. I think it's not... I don't think it's necessarily one or the other. I don't think it's like... Were they making it up or like was it a true story? I think it could be. Are you in yeah, the middle like me? I think, yeah, there was some haunting going on, but there was also some embellishing to make some money. For sure. So I think 100%. it could be both. I think I'm in the middle. You're right personally. there where I'm at. I agree with you. So you 100%. think there could have been like cabinets banging doors? At I think. He's stuck I in the middle with you. Here's a I personally think hauntings are, I mean, I've never experienced one, so I can't really say with. Any credibility, but I would assume they're different for everyone, that what someone else experiences is not going to be the same as what this person experiences. So I don't doubt that definitely something happened there, probably. Or at least in their minds they thought happened there, because again... You move into a murder house. I feel like you're going to be thinking about these things. You all don't think about it. You're going to be thinking. About I'm going to be thinking about it. I believe I've experienced some things, but I feel like the real things are things that didn't seem weird in the moment, but they seem weird like after you thought about it. Like, why did that happen? Yeah. I'm not going to say everything I listed probably happened because a lot of it was kind of out there. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Austin. I think it's probably in the middle. I think they definitely experienced something. But then I also think they saw that as an opportunity, like most people do with these hauntings, and they wanted to put it out there and make some money off of it. I mean, not to sound cynical, but if you have something like that unique happen to you, you're going to want to put it out there and, and people know about it. Well, yeah? No? I uh, I can get on board with the, the idea of maybe something, <laughs> like you thought something was happening, but I do think it's, like you said, greatly embellished. Dude, you've ridden with me out to a, a parent haunting. <laughs> I went out there for this full uh, disclosure. I went out there 
for the sole purpose of disproving. Because I literally told you when you called me that night, because uh, you were like going on about it, and you were like, oh, so I mean, you don't have to go if you don't want to. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I've got pants on. I'm putting in my contacts. Like, I want to go see what's <laughs> going on. The pants are already on. I'm going <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Yeah, if the pants are on, like, it's it's, it's on. It's on. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely down for that. Cause like, I'm going to go show you like that. It's not really haunted. So are you a skeptic? Ian Torrance? <laughs> oh, he's coughing. Oh, God, oh, God. Someone the from spirit. beyond is, is answering for him. <laughs> well, I'll show you. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm a skeptic. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm on the fence. I'm just kind of teetering back and forth. Like, uh, do I, do I believe? I believe in the idea, but I also believe the mind is such a powerful thing. I want to believe that. I want to believe. I believe the mind is so powerful; it can also like trick you into thinking that you see and hear things that aren't really there. So, I think the idea of it's neat. Like, where do we go, and what do we do after death, and whatnot? Mm-hmm. And uh, I get into all these stories and stuff. Like, I think it's a good idea on paper, but do I necessarily believe that? somebody's sitting over Austin's shoulder right now, like in that very chair. No, no. (laughs) So real quick, I'm not trying to hijack the podcast. So I sold Dwayne Bush. If you're listening to this, can we name drop? I just did. (laughs) So I sold Dwayne a house and about a month later, he calls me about 11 PM, like just randomly in a weekday and says, Hey man, there's some, crazy noises going on in this house i can't explain it like there's some banging on the walls like there's some weird stuff happening weird shit happening so i did what anyone else would do called he <laughs> he knows i listen to horror podcasts and true, true let's bring an expert things. in on this yes <laughs> Ian, he so so we wrote out there and <laughs> oh, yeah. we we could not find an explanation we went i went in the crawl space in the attic and there was a banging like on the wall, like intermittently. Like it was just the craziest. I don't, Maybe you two kinda, just don't have the shinning. It's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> so the weird part is like when I get out there, and I, I had I hadn't uh, met the guy um, prior. So when I got out there, you know, I'm introducing myself and whatnot, and we're standing outside in his front yard, and I can hear it happening in his living room. And I was like, "Is that it?" And he's like, "Yeah, you can hear it through the window outside." So we we go inside, and um, when you walk in, there's a living room, and then there's a wall that separates the living room from the kitchen. So there's a TV up on the wall, and, and then there's a huge like space over to the left where there's just a lot of like empty wall, and you can hear it like through there. So my initial thought is I go up and I start listening, and I can like hear it banging. But you, so my initial thought was like there's an animal trapped like in between the panes of the yeah, wall. It was too loud for an animal. Man. But it was too loud and it wasn't like scratching because you know like if there's like a, a raccoon or possum like or a, something or even a bird, but it was like it was real repetitive. <laughs> I didn't know you were gonna do <laughs> That's that. Loud in the headphones. So yeah, it's uh it's real repetitive, but it was like louder than that, and it was just like it was a constant pop 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 constant. So it was like somebody was like banging on a door like that, like constantly doing that. And I would have my bags packed and out that night. That's what, uh, so he, he called the police thinking that somebody was in the attic and he had the police officer go up there. And I guess the, he went, shined a light and he looked down and he goes, well, <laughs> I don't see anything. And, uh, we're going to call it a fucking night. I'm out of here. <laughs> and it wasn't like this was going on for like a couple, like this was like almost like a 24 Hours. hour period. Yeah. This went like, he said, we got there at like 10 PM and he said it had been going on since at least seven. So you're talking three hours straight and we didn't leave until after midnight and it was still happening. Huh. Old house out in Kent, man. So we we personally like went up in the attic. Austin crawled across, and it's not like an attic, like a livable, like set up attic. Like it's like, or like where you can go store stuff. It's a traditional like attic with like insulation and studs going across. So nobody can just like walk across or crawl across there or anything easily. And Austin went over in the corner and I got up there. And the funny part is like when you're downstairs, it sounds like it's coming from the attic. When you're in the attic, it sounds like it's coming from downstairs. So the logical idea was we'll have, of course, I'm not going to do it. So I have Austin crawl <laughs> under the guy's house in this crawl space. And he's like clawing through spider webs and stuff. Brave man. And at one point he's I back there the and you could still hear it. And I just hear, oh my God. And I was like, he found something. But apparently it was just a spider crawling on him. <laughs> it was a large spider man. A wolf spider, I think what they call it. And he was trapped under a house. He had nowhere to go. So, Hey man. It was, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy experience. Uh, I, I still, uh, maintain the theory that 
There's a logical explanation. And Austin but where, and I but wanted where, to <laughs> cut into his drywall and see if he would let us remove a piece of it. I'm not sure it. if you can just say there's a logical explanation if you can't prove it. It's not that logical. Uh, I didn't say there's a logical explanation. I'm sure there has to be. <laughs> but, but you also can't prove there's not if you can't see inside the wall, though. You know what I mean? But what logically could have been in there that made a noise that loud? It could have been an animal. Of some a little trash sort. panda, a little raccoon. Could have been trash panda. Could have been a little trash panda. So like right. Austin and I asked, like, can we cut like a little like two by two section out? We'll even patch it back up for you. I said, what do we do if we cut that section out? And there's a man standing there. A hand just burst through. Help! <laughs> I've been in here for hours. So that kind of put that pushed me over. I was like, you know, kind of skeptical, you know, skeptical, but that's. Man, I, I believe this stuff, man. I believe it. So, yeah. So, he he ended up, like, we left. Uh, he was talking about calling a priest the next day to come out and, like, bless the house. But I think, like, when he woke up the next morning, it had stopped. And I thought, you like, You all scared was, him off, whatever it was, that spirit. Right. Yeah, we, we did. Were, we were trying to play some, like, uh, some Christian music for him. Some, like, trying to get some, some, some creed. Know, get some, get some God in there. <laughs> With arms wide open, starts banging louder. <laughs> Shut the fuck Make up. Make it stop. Dude, it was well, crazy. But yeah. I digress. Wells, did you give an answer? You, you're kind of a believer a little bit, right? Look, as much as <laughs> as much as I like living in this world and being alive, we all know it's a fucked up place. So I like to believe there's got to be something better than what <laughs> we're experiencing ones. now. Oh, it's got to be something better after this. That's what I like to believe. But do you believe the Lutzes? <sighs> I believe he heard voices. I don't know if I believe it was demons. You he said never said demons. You said you believe there's got to be something better after this? Yeah. But does it involve living in somebody's basement? <laughs> yeah. Terrorizing the family? Yeah, what, does that be the Is that better? <laughs> I guess that depends on who you are and how you go out. The basement's a little damp. <laughs> well, I think the Lutzes were opportunists. I think their story is mostly bullcrap after doing the research. He, but He could chop some wood, though. Gotta give them that. I'm with you all that I do think that maybe there was something there and they just took it and ran with it. Maybe there were evil spirits on the house. Maybe that would explain what happened to DeFeo. I mean, that's kind of crazy for that to happen and then to happen again like a year later. But then again, all the other people that have lived there since said nothing's happened. So No, but I I I uh I I respect what you're saying. I just don't know. If that's the same realm of crossing over versus somebody lingering in my basement and knocking my my, my, my stuff over. <laughs> well, let's get into the movie a little bit. We'll talk about it a little bit before wrapping up. You, you all, did you all watch it? Absolutely. The 1979 original. Wait a minute. I may go horror. <laughs> yes. So it, it obviously, again, I've not read the book, but it obviously captures mostly what the book says. And the book is a true story, again, in quotes. That's what it says. So what did you all think of the movie? Is James Brolin the father of Josh Brolin? He absolutely is. Okay. He absolutely is. And I didn't even know that Margot Kidder was in this movie until I watched it today. The beautiful Margot Kidder. Yeah. I didn't realize I'd never seen the 1979 original movie until I watched it today. So I I guess my like... <laughs> My idea of Amity Hill uh, horror film was the one with Ryan Reynolds in it. From See, I'll be honest, 2000. I have not seen that one. I had kind of, in my mind, wanted to watch to compare, but it wasn't on any streaming service. Um, if you want to watch the 79 and listen to this episode, go watch it on Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. But I, I like cannot the, find the Ryan Reynolds one. So I like I, the Ryan Reynolds version a lot, but I have to say the 1979 version definitely dives deeper into the story. Because the Ryan Reynolds one deviates a little bit from the true. It's story, more of a it? straight horror movie yeah. than it than it is like a that story. Yeah, like I haven't yeah, watched the Ryan Reynolds ones for a while, but I don't remember there being a whole lot of like priest action in it. So you're saying it's scarier? Is that kind of what you're? Because I didn't. Think it is this supposed one, to be a modern horror movie. Yeah. This one wasn't super scary, really. That and scene I wanted to ask with you the babysitter all, getting trapped in the closet in the Ryan Reynolds version is a lot more scarier too. Well, that and when he uh, when they dig through the wall and find out, yeah. um, oh, the red little red yeah, room, it's much more graphic in the Ryan Reynolds version. Yeah. So, do you all think the '70s version is a classic horror movie? It was definitely slower and didn't have as much or as many scary parts to it. I but like, I, I like the classic like. Uh, 
like sound right or like the the horror like the music or the the, the main theme yeah. sounds like with it yeah, I, I like the older horror like that little yeah. choir yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. the 1979 film beautiful gives me a lot of uh, exorcist that was me. vibes exorcist yeah see i don't find it near as scary as the exorcist or like shocking but the last i like the end a lot better than the like first the first hour was kind of slow not a lot like in terms of scares happened mm-hmm. but the last like kind of i guess the third act if you will i thought was really good where they find the room and the storm's going on outside and he like runs back inside for the dog i thought that was all really really cool <clears throat> that was good but i don't know i don't know where i would put it on like the pantheon of like classic horror because i feel like amityville in, in and of itself is a classic story but i don't well, know it's I'll a movie you could do you could rate it that scene before we do that, though, I just want to say that scene where it looked <laughs> he's like he's not done dissecting. <laughs> you wait a minute. That scene where it looked like he killed Kathy and the little girl, like even though he didn't actually do it, like just that act going in her head was pretty fucking graphic. Like I was like, oh shit, the fuck. That was a happen? dream sequence. Yeah, yeah, that was fucked up. Did you find it interesting that they kind of tied him into the? I don't think they ever actually called him DeFeo in the movie, did they? No, the guy that so. did the murdering at the beginning. I don't think they ever actually named him. It might have been it might have been in the paper headline. Yeah. Did you like that they kind of linked those two as if they were like the same person? Either the same person or embodied by the same something or other spirit. Like I thought that was kind of yeah. Yeah, Because even when she's looking at the old like magazines, saw the the old uh, newspaper articles of him being like put in the squad car or whatever. Like he looked like a like exactly like. I have a feeling that probably wasn't in the book, but they probably dramatized that for the movie. But I thought it was a neat kind of way to take it. Hollywood magic. Yeah, I thought it was kind of neat to do that way. So, but old George man, James Brolin. (laughs) Anything else? Thanos is dead. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Anything else about the movie or even the Ryan Reynolds one that you guys want to mention before we rate it and? No, not on that. Not really. Just that I love both movies. Which one do you like better? <sighs> I think I'm more partial to the Ryan Reynolds one just because. It's because of the glistening abs, wasn't it? Well, it's just... I haven't <laughs> seen it, but I know that part. We uh, all know that part. That's just the one I felt like oh. came out for our generation. We'll <laughs> as I went back and watched the 1979 version today, I really appreciate that movie too. So I think they both have their own certain charms and qualities. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It's the politically right. correct answer. It's well true. It's the true answer. <laughs> I love them both. I you might even them. like the other 28 films if I watched them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, don't, I did not realize there were so many. They get worse. Oh, shit. Have you seen any of the immediate sequels? Uh, Two and three? I've, yes. And I can't remember either one of them. That tells you how bad they are. That right there should tell you how exploitive. Exploitive? Is that a word? Exploitative? Exploitative. Amityville is that they took this one story and then spawned all these dozens of sequels. I was gonna say I hate when alleged true stories have like a bunch of sequels, like it just kills it. Yeah. Right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Thank you. They had to make a sequel of that one because you know the first one wasn't that great. (laughs) You're all gonna attack it when means isn't here. I see how you're gonna do it when means is here too. You know it means. You know it. I actually, talking to you, I, bro. In all honesty, it's usually Wells that goes after Texas Chainsaw, and I just agree with him. I'm like, yeah. It's <laughs> all argument. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Let's go ahead and give our ratings and final thoughts on the movie. Trim I'm going to start with... The Grist? Yes. Austin. <laughs> I looked at Wells dead in the soul, and I turned back to Austin. <laughs> let's hear your rating for... Mary- uh, so what are, we, what are we rating this out of? Like one out of ten? Yep. Ian likes to do a hundred point scale. A hundred point. We I mean, usually do. Man, you're always over dramatic, man. Calm down. Dude. Like he'll get. He'll throw <laughs> like a. He'll throw like a seven point three, <laughs> a six point eight. I usually stick with either like eights, eights and a halfs. And then I act like, like IMDb doesn't do that. You can give it any score you want to between one and ten. Doesn't can, matter. Man, so my initial inkling was to give it like a seven, man. Like because I was like. You know, because I, I like the older, you know, and the story, man, like the story really, uh, you know, I enjoyed reading about it and different things. So I'll give it a 6.9. <laughs> Just like had to shave man. that little tenth of a point off. <laughs> I wasn't like a- <laughs> I wasn't quite sold on the seven, but it's more it deserves more respect than a six. So 
I uh, I overall really I, I do enjoy so it's funny because I don't remember liking this movie that much growing up and I liked it I appreciated it more when I watched it recently so yeah man I, some of the dialogue to me was a little too cheesy even though it's a uh, cheese I do love cheese <laughs> but even though it's 70s horror man like some of the like screaming dialogue was a little too cringy yeah exactly uh, so I'm <laughs> gonna give it like a solid like I'd give it a 6.8 no <laughs> come on man yeah, seriously. I so want to agree a lot with right? what <laughs> Ian just said. Like, okay, I didn't expect to like it as much as the Ryan Reynolds version, just because that's the one I was used to. But no six packs, I know. Yeah, I actually did wind up liking this a whole lot, but I do agree that some of the acting in it was cringy, like the screaming, like he said, and then like when the priest and the nun both were throwing up, that was laughable to me because they were both like, ah, ah. So how, like, how do you throw up, Wells? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen yeah, you in Central for a time or two. Let's see you throw up. See so, yeah. so you throw up in no Central. Girl, I don't get that, that bag over there. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid seven. Okay. Okay. I think we're all pretty much in the same ballpark. I was going to give it a 6.5. You know. Well, you got to be a hater. I am the high one. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm the lowest one, aren't I? You guys yeah. were like. Yeah, and you. Just well, as I said earlier, I did think the first probably hour was a little slow and it wasn't really as scary as I was hoping, but I did enjoy the story, true or not true, and I did enjoy the last act, and I thought James Brolin did a pretty good job acting mm-hmm. in this movie, and Margot Kidder was, again, very gorgeous. Shout out to Margot. Margot. Oh my God. I did not, not expect <laughs> so. to see her in all of her glory in this movie. I don't think mm. that's the first time she's been in the buff. Really? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Lois Lane? Got it going on. I'd have to so. be Superman and do that, Lois. <laughs> you should watch her in Black Christmas. She oh. has like a, cusses like a sailor in that movie. Mm. Isn't she nude? We oh, like boy in the movie? You say I, Black Sailor? Okay. Black, Black Sailor? Over? Wait, what? <laughs> Black Christmas? Black like Christmas? on my list. <laughs> no, I got Sailor for you I said don't remember. like a sailor. I don't remember <laughs> to answer your question. So yeah, I don't know, right. 6.5. I think it's pretty respectable. I don't know that it's as like I don't know if I would call it the classic that like some of the other horror movies we talk about would be. But the important thing is, as a group here, it gets passed. It's not trash. It's worth a watch. For sure. You're trying to make Solid. that a thing, aren't you? Tra- it's yeah, what's trash and pass? Where'd you get Solid this from? It's Solid so pass flick. is a good thing. thing. Yeah. Solid okay. So we don't. Things are just trash. We don't pass on it. It gets a pass. It's very important to. Yeah, it's good. Like the Darren's Barons trash. Who's? Darren's, Darren's Barons. Barons. Coming to a it's t-shirt a movie. It's, he has to drop it in every episode. He uh, said. Go ahead on TV and watch the Barons and then come back and talk to us about it. Or do not. <laughs> it's fucking Or counter offer. Uh, fucking don't. Fucking don't. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is the story of the Amityville Horror. Let us know what you all Stick think. Do you believe the Lutzes? Do you think their story's bullcrap? Would you live in a house like would that? Would you live? Yeah. Would you live in a house where a would horrible you li- murder? Would you live? Happened? Would you live in a house? All great questions. Yep. So, would you live in a house? That's all we've got for this week. We will catch you next time for the horror you know. This has been Trent. I'm in. I'm in. In the dead of night. And I'm all time. Take another shot. The shadows dance. Well, we save this for the next episode. Awesome, already took it. The living and the dead is thin.